Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Good morning, everyone. This is Michael Goldsmith. We are at the Chancery in Winona, Rochester Diocese, down in beautiful Winona, Minnesota. It is just a beautiful day here. The sun is shining off and on. We have some clouds, but it's uh, shining beautifully into the windows this morning for us and welcoming us down here at the Chancery. And I am coming to you with Father Biron with us today. Uh, he is from St. Charles Borimoyal Church, and we are just blessed to be here today. And so let's begin with prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for allowing us to share your good news across the upper Midwest on Real Presence Live. Help us to show that your love is paramount. The church that you have established has the truth, and that only through Jesus Christ do we come into the presence of our Heavenly Father. And we ask that today, wherever anyone is, that the message ring true to them, that the Holy Spirit work in their hearts, and that all that's supposed to happen and the needs of everyone are fulfilled through our Heavenly Father. And we play, pray glory be to the Father and to the Son and the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, good morning. We have a great show set up here for you, so let's uh, send it off to Aaron up in Fargo to tell us what's going on. Aaron. Well, thank you very much, Michael. It's been it's a pleasure to be here. We've got Dr. Susan Winley Doust coming up to talk about the the need for evangelization and how we can reach out to our brothers and sisters right here coming up. We've got, uh, we've got your intentions that we're going to be praying for during Prayerfully Yours. Father Biren's going to be here to take your questions and comments on the faith during Straight Talk from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. We've got John Tetzloff. He's going to be talking about the end-of-life issues and especially the financial side of planning. We'll hear more about that. We'll also be taking the 10-minute tour of local events. We've got Father Jason Kern to talk about what it means to be called by name and hearing the vocation of the of the call and we've also got Kathy Engeman here she's going to be talking about sharing the joy of the gospel in the school right at St. Mary Catholic Schools in Del Rapids all this coming up here on Real Presence Live right back to you Mike well, thank you, Aaron, and we are so excited to be down here at the Chancery in, Win in Winona. This is where the bishop uh, is. The cathedral's right across the street from us, and this is where the work of the bishop comes. I mean, he's he's out and about throughout the diocese, but this is his staff, and, and everybody works down here to provide to the greater church of Winona-Rochester Diocese. So I'm joined 
today with Dr. Susan Windley-Dost, and she is part of that staff. And so welcome, Doctor. How are you? I'm well. How are you today? I'm great. It's good to have you with us today, and I know that uh, you're, you're really new to the staff within just about a year. Is that right? That's right. Yes. So uh, you kind of have the I, I I've read your I've read your bio and I I know mm-hmm. I know that you've been in other places you've taught yeah. you've taught places so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself Sure um yeah for uh, I'm married uh to Jerry and I uh have five kids and I'm also a doctor of theology I actually uh, most of my life I've spent in the classroom at uh University of St. Thomas first in the Twin Cities for 5 years and then St. Mary's University here in Winona for another 18 and, you know, the reason that I ended up here, um, I wasn't really expecting it, and I wasn't necessarily planning for it in any way, but God had a plan. Mm. and um, As he always does. As he always does, <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought I knew what that plan was, but right. I was wrong. Right. <laughs> no, you know, I was really happy in my teaching. I loved doing it, and I still love doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I love college students in general. Uh, just that age group is just a really special time of life. They're mm-hmm. really looking for um, meaning and purpose in their life and to teach them theology at that particular point is just wow that's great um, but one of the things that I was realizing over this like 22 year career in teaching was that our young people um, and including those coming to Catholic schools were um, more and more drifting away from their faith mm-hmm. so they were taking these classes honestly because they had to um, they, they were requirements um, and there were always students who were really involved in their faith, but they were just getting to be fewer and fewer. And the more I got to know these students, I would even have them um, write something called a spiritual autobiography in one of my classes. You know, they'd tell me their story, and it was just heartbreaking, you know, increasingly heartbreaking because, you know, I love these students mm-hmm. uh, and good people at heart, but they were increasingly just not seeing God as a real actor in their lives, right? When I would ask them questions like, where has God been active in your life to this point? They would just look at me and say, hmm. It's like, you know, I, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm, right. I, they couldn't answer that question. Now, they could answer my questions about theology. It's like, this is what this means. This is what this means. But they couldn't apply it to their lives. So I was pry- praying about this at one point because it was really very disturbing. Uh, and finally, uh you know, the Lord said to me, it's like, you know, this is like the Good Samaritan story. Mm-hmm. And I just went, what? <laughs> How is this like the Good Samaritan story? And it's like, well, these people are bleeding on the side of the road and you're not doing anything for them. Mm-hmm. And I just went, what? <laughs> it's like, I am. I really think I am. I'm, you know, I'm teaching them. Uh, I'm, I'm doing what I can. It's like, I, I just don't understand why they can't pick themselves up and get themselves to church. And... You know, the Lord basically told me um, straight up, it's like, you know, why do you think people this injured can actually get themselves to a church on their own? And that was really my insight. uh, That's like, you know, these people certainly need education, but they also need evangelization. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was not providing. And I wasn't positive that I really could in my role as a college professor, at least in a really direct way Mm -hmm. that I felt like the Lord was calling me to. And so when I opened myself up to that possibility, I'm not kidding, I got a phone call <laughs> from the diocese. It's like, would you consider like leaving teaching and doing this instead? Oh, it's wow. like, wow, yeah. um, sure. 
So that's why I'm here. Yes. <laughs> so now I'm all I'm all evangelization all the time. Yes. <laughs> and it's great. Well, that's, that's totally awesome. love how the Holy Spirit works in that. And, yeah. and what a gift you have been to our diocese thus far. It's just a gift to have you with us and, and leading us and teaching us under, of course, Bishop Quinn. So yeah. what a gift you are. Thank you. Thank yes. you, Father. Father, <laughs> Father Biren's here with us, and I'm Michael Goldsmith. We're talking with Dr. Susan Winley Doust about evangelization. And just looking at this from a particular thing, we, we're all called to... Uh, evangelize right sure, you know absolutely. so so where where do you in your in your thoughts and with you know being a theologian and, sure. and where where does that kind of lead in and where does that kind of begin for all of us you know it begins at our baptism right mm-hmm. uh, I mean evangelization is rooted in our baptism and we are given the capacity to do this because we are baptized brothers and sisters of God um, so when people say it's like, you know, it's the job of the priest or, you know, if only we had more religious sisters or that sort of thing, it's like, well, you know, it is everybody. It's all those people's jobs, but it's also ours, we're, right? We're I mean, priest, I'll, prophet, and king at our baptism. Exactly, exactly. And so people don't realize the power that they have inherent within themselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, part of uh, what happens when we're baptized is we become temples of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? And if we really took that seriously, it's like, wow, the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, right? And the Holy Spirit is the evangelizer par excellence. I mean, uh, the Holy Spirit was given to the apostles to help carry out the Great Commission. It's like, you know, we're part of that. We're but, very much part of that. That did not end in the book of Acts, right? right. Our baptism really, really just sort of grafts us into that call. So we're all called to evangelize. And, you know, it sounds like a scary word to lots of people, but it's basically sharing the message that God is love and that Jesus Christ is Lord mm-hmm. and he calls us to him. Right? right? It just starts there. Right. It's such right. a beautiful truth because so many people have distorted love. And right. when mm. we get back to the source of love and the truth that comes with that, yeah. you know, you are hitting the nail right on the head with our baptism. So, right. absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But we're called to be built up and through that. That's why the church has the infant baptism, where mm-hmm. the, the first teachers being mm-hmm. the domestic church, the, mm-hmm. the, the mother and the father the godparents, but then also calling in the greater church. When it's, That's why I think a baptism is so beautiful when it's done within the liturgy, because it's calling everybody into that. You Absolutely. Know, As a pastor, I see the, the giftedness of that, of, of having all of us in the pew, and sometimes we can become stagnant in our faith, mm-hmm. and having this witness of a baptism uh, within the context of the Sunday Mass uh, gives the rest of us an opportunity to, again, renew that baptismal promise, because we, we pray that prayer with the mm-hmm. godparents, with the parents, on behalf of their child, and, and we also then renew our baptismal promises, and, and uh, what is beautiful is every time we, we gather in, in the the life of the church and we dip our hand in the holy water and we make the sign of the cross we're recalling that baptism yeah yeah no it's fantastic i mean when, whenever we have an opportunity to um participate and witness the sacrament that we've already mm-hmm. received i mean it's a real grace it's right. a real grace it, it's, it's we're not just viewing we're not it, it's not entertainment but it reminds us who we are Yes. And who are called to that be. participation is key there. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in to Real Presence Live. And I'm Michael Goldsmith, and I'm with Father Tim Buren from St. Charles. And we're talking with Dr. Susan Winley Doust from the diocese. And she is uh, the evangelization. What's, what's your exact title? It's Director of Missionary Discipleship. Mm-hmm. Okay, but 
So evangelization Bas- within the life of discipleship, right? right? So you're building that, yes. yes. And so do you go out and speak and and do all this kind of things, or do you what 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 what's involved in your in your position? It's an awful lot. Isn't it? <laughs> You know, half of my position is really dedicated to trying to offer some things as a diocese Mm -hmm. um, that couldn't quite be handled by a parish in and of themselves. It's sort of bigger ideas, Um, like reaching out to particular populations. And it's kind of, you know, how do we reach this population that is not yet heard? Mm -hmm. Uh, The 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 good news of the gospel. But the other half of my job is really working with parishes and being a consultant to them in all kinds of ways to sort of walk alongside them and think about, you know, how do we become an evangelizing parish? How do we become a parish that's full of intentional disciples that are really able to believe that Jesus is Lord and are empowered to bring that news to the people that they know out in the rest of the town? Mm -hmm. I can say from experience, uh, Dr. Susan, that uh, when you presented to us last year in one of the parishes and several of the church leaders got together, you gave us different examples and ideas. And from your presentation, our parish council then began <laughs> to discuss uh, forming intentional disciples, the path to knowing and following Jesus. Right. Uh, and so that has been a wonderful resource for us and, and to begin that discussion. And what's interesting is what we've unpacked from that is a need to... And this actually flows out of your, your concept of baptism. We need to go back to being... Uh, people of hospitality, of reaching out, you know, absolutely. and can you say a little bit about that hospitality key? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think hospitality is the thing that we tend to um, ignore when we think about evangelization because it's like, oh, we're doing that already. It's like, let me promise you as a Southerner, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love the upper Midwest. It's become my home. Um, but you know, we don't really have a culture of hospitality. And by that, I mean a, a generosity to outsiders, right? I mean, people in the upper Midwest tend to be naturally very reserved. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There truly isn't. But on the other hand, as church, we're really called in the gospel and throughout the Old Testament very directly to be generous to the mm-hmm. outsider, right? So how do we do that as a parish? You know, how do we think about what we're doing and how it looks on the outside? It's hard to do, honestly, right? I mean, we're, we're used to seeing it on the inside. It's hard to get a different lens on that. But that's what I encourage people to do. So, you know, one of the things that I really encourage parishes to do is, especially around here, is to feel like they're overdoing it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's very good to say it that way. Right. I mean, just feel like you're overdoing it a bit. It's like if somebody really thinks that you are, I guess they'll probably tell you. But right. the reality is, I mean, people are going to forgive you for being over-enthusiastic. And the more likely, they're they're just going to be charmed. They're, they're going to be, say, it's like, wow, these people are happy yeah. and joyful. What's going on with them? It's like they really believe what the, the you know, what they're here to celebrate this these are all good things yeah. you know? <laughs> Negati- negativity can be you know push people away just automatically but having yeah. that positive energy really draws people into it now whether yeah. or not it's over the bo- you know like you're saying overboard still they're drawn into that so. you know what it's never overboard if it's uh, not fake okay exactly so, so that's I what really i would just, just encourage <laughs> people to sort of dig deep down right. and it's kind of like, you know think about the good gift that God has given us, you mm-hmm. know, every time that we go to Mass, it's kind of, I mean, for crying out loud, it's a miracle every day. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if we really tapped into that, mm-hmm. you know, right. I mean, you know, 
our, our, our circumstances in life may be difficult, but the joy of the Lord really never ends. Exactly. And to really try to operate out of that rather than, you know, what you left at home right. and the difficulty of getting the church on time and all of that. I mean, I, I've been there. I live it. But um, that's what hospitality is. It's really that operating Absolutely. out of joy. You know, and, and with that operating out of joy, we're going to be able to contact most of the people that we're trying to reach so they can become discipleship makers themselves at the Sunday liturgy. Right. And so we definitely want to make sure that we're key in, in receiving them and welcoming them and letting mm-hmm. everybody know. Because what can happen, especially, I'm a, I'm a farm kid, so I, I know mm-hmm. that we become comfortable with those that are around us. Mm-hmm. Right. And if there's somebody new that's coming just to check us out or kind of to, to explore, sometimes that's not received in in that regard and so we we I, I love everything you're doing and and Thanks. and Dr. Susan the way that you present uh this opportunity to all of us is done in such a joyful way yourself mm-hmm. so you are living it out <laughs> yeah. that is a, it's a beautiful gift we're so blessed Thank here you. in the diocese of Winona I Rochester I can see the spirit I can see the spirit through her it's awesome so <laughs> it's just really great well now I'm blushing thank yes. you <laughs> But it's God's spirit and not mine. So yes. thank you for that. Well, we just have another minute here. So can you uh, tell us about uh, uh, an event that's coming up? Uh, Alpha, is that right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so in Rochester tomorrow at Pax Christi Parish, uh, we invited Alpha to go ahead and do a training. And this is an Alpha in a co- Catholic context training. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard about Alpha, you could certainly look it up online uh, Alpha USA, Rochester, Minnesota training, you will get to it, but it's a process that really helps us understand how to be that hospitality people. What Uh, what time is it tomorrow? Nine to three. And you can come and uh, register at the door. So there's room there just to come. Yeah. If, if you haven't yet. So, yeah, it's that's Pox right. Christie in Rochester. It's on the north side of town. That's right. Uh, it's by St. James Coffee. So if it you've is. been there, you know where that is. And so thanks so much for being with us this morning. We oh, really appreciate it. I look forward to having more to talk with you about. I'm Michael Goldsmith with Father Beer, and we'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rockfest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rockfest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rockfest on September 14th. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Well, thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. It's time for our Prayer for Lior's segment. Almost every day we receive prayer requests asking for prayers for those closest to us, and we really do hold those close in, in, in our hearts at Real Presence Radio. 
So we're going to share a few of these prayer requests now, and we invite all of you who are listening to join in a prayerful and a prayer specifically for the intentions. So if you can just draw into the Holy Spirit. So as we begin these prayers, let us as always remember wherever we are at, we are in the holy presence of God. And we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray for Deb's husband, in particular for his conversion, and the difficulties we know that sometimes occurs in the sacrament of marriage, and that desire to be one with Jesus for that conversion. We are mindful of a woman who broke five ribs after falling. She needs to have a tumor removed from near her spine, or she will become paralyzed. So we significantly want to pray for this woman in her difficulty, and not only to pray for her, but to the doctors, the physicians, the healthcare workers, those that will be ministering to her in her care and recovery. Eric is in need of physical and spiritual healing. Please keep Eric in your prayers as we offer him up to you, Lord. Pray for his physical and spiritual healing. We know that you are the divine physician and healer. Lord, we know that you will respond to the needs that Eric has. Continuing, we remember Deacon Carl and his wife Nancy, that our Lord will bless them with comfort and peace during this time of trial and suffering that they are undergoing. And we know, Lord, that it is moments like this that we, we understand and we are with you at the cross. And as you have gone to the cross for us for these moments of suffering, may our prayers with Deacon Carl and Nancy be united with you there. May we rest in your sacred heart. Amen, Father. Let us offer all of these prayers up together as we pray as Jesus has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For all of those intentions, we offer up to you, Lord Jesus Christ, and through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, hear them, respond to them. We make this prayer in your name, Jesus, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God be upon all of you who are listening and praying at this hour in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to pray for us, with us, uh, the Real Presence Radio family members and their needs. If you have any specific intentions and you'd like to be prayed for, please visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and submit it under prayer requests at the top of the page. You can also submit an intention on our app. Simply click on the prayer requests on the main screen. Only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. 
Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sri, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at BismarckDiocese.com slash Thirst 2019 and download the Thirst app. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Well, that's the sound there, Father. We're going to go right into Straight Talk here. Are you ready? This morning, Straight Talk in beautiful Winona, Minnesota, right here in the Bluff Valley of the Mississippi River. And we're looking forward to your phone calls, your questions. The point of Straight Talk is we just want to be able to start a conversation with you and to see where you were at this day. And you may have that uh, burning question that you've been wanting to ask. It's probably the same question that other people have. So give us a call, 877-795-0122, and we'll have you on here with us this morning in Winona with Michael Goldsmith and I, Father Tim Buren, and we're grateful that you are listening wherever you are at this moment. So again, the number is 877-795-0122. Well, it's a blessing to be here with you, Father. Oh, with you as well, Michael. Yes. Did you notice that as we were parking our cars this morning and the college students are back? They're, they're... all roaming around. Yes, I seen. I went. I drove by Winona State, and I see, you know, everybody just kind of scurrying around. There's quite a few apartments and stuff around here, so you have a lot of students that are, yeah, it's good to see. And I'm not sure. I don't think school is in session. I believe this is the welcome week for the first-year students mm -hmm. uh, at here at uh, Winona State, uh, St. Mary's as well. Mm -hmm. Our local Catholic University, St. Mary's of Minnesota, is uh, welcoming their students. The seminary, Immaculate of Mary Seminary, began welcoming their seniors uh, a few days ago. They had a, a wonderful retreat, and now they are welcoming their incoming students. So it's uh, and they have yeah. a full house there. So yeah. it's it it's like a 20, wonderful twenty some. 20 some came in i saw the for the new students yes. that is the number absolutely awesome. so that is a wonderful gift i believe it was 26 but we can find out more from father kern who will be on the yes. air later so i think they had a they had a uh, barbecue for them i saw that on the facebook uh, from the diocese so what that a was great really way to welcome not only the students actually but it was immaculate heart their yeah. parents and family members yes. exactly it's a wonderful gift it's really neat to see you know when when a new student comes and of course they've probably visited the seminary before and regardless of what diocese they come from, when they pull up with their parents and they're getting ready to unload, the seniors and the pre-theologians come and they literally help them bring everything out of their vehicles and up to their rooms. It's mm. a wonderful sign of welcome. So, yeah, yeah so it's a great sign to see the starting of the school year around our listening area. So yes. remember, 877-795-0122 is the, the number that you may call, or you can go on Facebook and leave a message there as well, and we'll respond to that if you do not want to be on the air. Again, the call in number 877-795-0122. Well, do you have anything on your heart today, Father, that well, you're thinking about? You know, today as we were um, praying the memorial for St. Rose of Lima, of mm -hmm. course, I was thinking about a parish in my home area called St. Rose of Lima that was in the town of Avoca. 
Minnesota, a Voca coming from the Irish community in Ireland. And mm. it's interesting in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, how some of our communities were settled by the Irish immigrants. I'm not Irish myself, but it's it's beautiful times where the Mass, again, it is it is an ongoing, timeless gift from from our Heavenly Father that we can connect into our roots and, and where we have been and where we are going. And so it's just always a great gift that in the life of the church, we can be mindful of where we have come from and where we are going. So I just really appreciate those moments that we are given. Right, yeah. And, and as we go, the universality of the church, if we travel, we have that beauty as we go to wherever we're going, you know, to go to a Mass, and the Mass is the same thing. Sometimes in a different language, of course, but you you get to understand the Mass, and you know what's going on, so you can participate in the Mass in a, in a full way other than just uh, the verbal way of it. So... You know, that's kind of a beauty of, of the church itself, too. When I go away on a vacation and, of course, celebrate um, my daily masses and the weekend masses, I'm I'm always intrigued. I, 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 I'm always intrigued and really excited when I have parishioners that they, too, also go on vacation and find themselves at various parishes on their vacations and really encouraging them to to find out how do they welcome you mm-hmm. have you been received you know as we go back to dr susan uh and the importance of hospitality and and recognizing that baptismal call that we all have and i just really appreciate that because mm-hmm. uh, again it's an, an opportunity for parish members to see that hey we're not making this up this is something that is important and this is this is a way of life that we we live so that's a great gift so again the number eight seven 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 nine Five zero one two two. I'm Father Tim Buren, along with Michael Goldsmith here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, Chancery, located in beautiful Winona, Minnesota, the Mississippi River Bluffs. They're all around us. And uh, there's a great uh, location, Michael. Have you ever been up on uh, Garvin Heights Road by any chance? I have. What did you think of the first time you saw that? It's, it's so beautiful. You get to kind of get the whole view don't you up and down the river and you do and it's really uh, a fun part for me is when i was first there to try to identify the different catholic churches you know their steeples uh, right. rising into the air and you see of course uh, the uh, basilica of mm-hmm. saint stanislas casca that was uh, made a basilica just a few years ago i i recommend highly any of you that are listening to make a pilgrimage to that basilica an absolute beautiful basilica the polish immigrants here in mm-hmm. winona started that Basilica, originally a parish church, and again, just the faith is alive. The um, the rector of that basilica is Father Patrick Ahrens, who's also the director of liturgy for the diocese mm-hmm. of Winona, Rochester. So very blessed there. So yeah, it is a beautiful sight to see. And there's a couple different spots that you can you can go to too. St. Mary's has a beautiful trail that goes up behind their university that. That's just beautiful to, to go. This is just a lovely area down here. To, We're definitely very blessed. Yes. You know, when you drive into the bluffs and you're just really here, it's a beautiful area. Um, and and God is everywhere, obviously. And yeah. in the life of the church, we see that as well. And and the parishes and how they are alive and well and, and the pastors and the and the lay faithful that lead them. Yep. We are so gifted here. And I, as I know elsewhere in our listening area as well. Yeah. So if you want to call in, we're, 
uh, waiting for you to talk to Father, 877-795-0122. I know you have questions out there. Father is all ready to take on your questions and uh, answer them the best that he can or to uh, maybe move us into where we can find more information about your question. But uh, he's had a question that was, uh, sorry, Michael, that was uh, asked of me recently, and it's actually a common question that I know that people have. And and I have heard it addressed here before, but in case people didn't uh, hear uh, that particular segment, but uh, why uh, sometimes you will go to a wedding in the summer. This is now my wedding season. It mm-hmm. seems to be picking up now here in the late summer and the beginning of fall. Um, why did we not have the Eucharist? It's a common question I'll mm-hmm. receive from very faithful Catholics who, of course, understand and desire that uh, the, the reception of the Lord in the in the Blessed Sacrament. And uh, again, if there is a couple that is of a mixed marriage, we usually under unless there's other circumstances um usually have the liturgy of the word because of the eucharist uh not being able to be received by everybody um and so again that is a sacrament that's still recognized even if the eucharist is not present and anytime there is a catholic bride and groom of course by all means we want to have the eucharist yeah I was just listening to uh, Teresa Tamio on before we started our, um, and they were talking about the different categories of the sacraments, uh, the healing sacraments, the initiation sacraments, and then they brought up marriage and holy orders, as those are sacraments of. Uh, uh, I don't remember now. <laughs> drawing a blank on how they said it, but you know that these are ways for us to go out and evangelize through, you know, through, which kind of talked me into when we were talking to uh, Dr. Susan about, you know, evangelizing. Those Those are ways that we're called out through those sacraments to be in service of others. Even in our marriage, whatever vocation that we're doing, that's calling us out to be in service of. Uh, We have the healing, of course, with confession and, and, uh, uh, the anointing of the sick, and then we have the initiation, which is the Eucharist and the confirmation and the baptism. But the other two, with us of vocation, that we are really called to be in service of. I, I thought that was really beautiful. I didn't understand that 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 they were classified in that kind of manner. So I was listening to fragments of their show as well, and uh, as I was uh, on my way here, and again, I really liked the way they were. Uh, approaching that concept. Um, One of the gifts that I find as a pastor, and I'm sure others can uh, share this sentiment as well, is that when we celebrate um, the sacrament of marriage and we're receiving a lot of friends of the bride and groom, in addition to uh, family members, there sometimes are those estranged people that haven't uh, darkened the uh, the church in uh, in a while. Mm -hmm. And as they, uh, as they approach and they come to the, to the celebration, that is an opportunity for us again, to evangelize through, uh, through that liturgy and, really to of course we're preaching um the scriptures and we're preaching to um to encourage the the bride and groom on their journey of faith as they are not just getting uh, a day that they're celebrating but this is really a lifetime uh that is a great opportunity to evangelize through that message through that homily through those readings through the sacrament as as the bride and groom are witnessing um excuse me as they share and we are witnessing them share in that mm-hmm. sacrament so that's all a beautiful uh, way so evangelization Absolutely. is everywhere in the Absolutely. sacraments everywhere <laughs> Absolutely well we have a question that came in on the phone uh, uh, sometimes I get confused. 
Can you clarify for me, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? That's putting you on the spot. I I don't know if I could name them all. (laughs) Well, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are beautiful because um, as we receive them, uh, you know, as an example, let me back up a little bit in the Sacrament of Confirmation as an example. When a young person is sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit by the bishop, by the ordinary of the church or his delegate, and they receive these gifts, it is something that is within them that um, is sanctifying it at, at, at work. The grace is is going to be enacted. And so unlike, you know, um, sometimes you see people that are slain in the spirit or that that charismatic experience with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are planted like a seed. And so as they go forth from that sacrament, uh, they will be um, really uh, opened up and blossomed. And and one of the things as a former chaplain at a university, Minnesota State Mankato, uh, working with college students that all of a sudden, you know, several years later after their confirmation, they're just enlivened in their faith and they want to know more and they want to grasp more. Well, these are where, you know, that, that spirit, the knowledge is coming forth and, and the fear of the Lord. And it's not because you're scared of him. It's there's this delight that you have in the relationship that you want to have with Jesus. And I, I remind them that you were confirmed, weren't you? <laughs> And then we talk about that. Right. And at that moment, they may not have experienced that. In fact, they may have just thought they were doing this to jump through a hoop or they were doing this because their parents made them. But when they see the connection mm-hmm. to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in their life, it is a new understanding and an, an awakening that is so beautiful to experience. So um, very blessed to be able to, to walk with young people. So it's also a good time to really encourage those of you that have sons or daughters or grandchildren that are struggling in their faith. Remember that sacrament, that seed is planted deep within their hearts, their souls, so those gifts of the Holy Spirit may come forth. Pray for those to come out. Pray for those. Absolutely. Pray for the Spirit to work in those. Can you, can you, can you say all of them? For, uh, you remember them? No. Nope. The, 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 the problem I have, and I have to tell you why this is, I'm gonna, I would love to start naming all of them. There is a retreat center that we had in our mm-hmm. diocese that not only talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And as priests, as seminarians, when we would gather there for retreat, um, of course, we would have um, those, uh, you know, those... Each of those rooms was named differently, Mm -hmm. and uh, it became a source of joy for all of us. I'm going to stay encouraged tonight, or I'm going to be in fear of the Lord tonight, or I'm going to, you know, and we found ourselves, you know, just, just relishing in that, you know, in that, in that retreat. So, yes, but it's, it's, it's beautiful. I know that they're all, uh, we have uh, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety and the fear of the lord uh they're 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 all really again going back to really fostering us in our in our journey with christ right i mean that's what all of those are set to build us up so that we are able to bring forth again the evangelization of the good news and the truth of what's going on where they're they're all different gifts and, absolutely you know and I, the, 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 I think the question that was getting you know asked is I get confused about uh, about them and how do I you know how do you work through all of those and is so a lot of this goes back to what dr. Susan was reminding us about the importance of the sacrament of baptism of mm-hmm. course you know and I, I, I shouldn't 
take this for granted, but that as the initiation uh, into the life of the church, uh, the sacrament of initiation, when we receive uh, the sacrament of baptism, that's where the Holy Spirit is initiated. Mm-hmm. And that's the, you know, that's the beginning. And of course, typically as we are baptized as an infant, we may not come completely um, receive that, but, uh, yeah. you know, or understand that right away, but it will happen. So let's come back to this. But in the meantime, we have another caller on the phones. Can we go to that person, Michael? Yes. Hello, Janelle from Crookston. Are you on the air? Hello, this is Janelle. I'm calling from Crookston, Minnesota. I am on the air. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? Great. Great. Do you have a question for Father? I do. So, Father Tim, um, do you have any advice for the average Catholic about getting involved in the community and maybe um, what it might look like to bring our perspective, either to civic engagement um, or just maybe you can speak to your own experience of being involved in community life where you're living? Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Janelle. Um, thank you for your, your call today. And that is important that we are involved in. And even our Holy Father acknowledges the importance of being involved civically, of course, uh, and in the life of our bigger community. And so whether or not you're referring to uh, the community of faith, of course, wanting to find uh, ways that we can become more involved. Um, you know, uh, these are our communities. These are our parishes. These are our homes. These are the people that we work with, uh, that we play with, that we are engaged with. And of course, we want to be able to recognize the different gifts and abilities that all of us have that we're able to share. Um, uh, As an example, one of the things that I think is important to do um, as a pastor is to be involved in the community, even though we're very busy within our own faith communities to to find ourselves going into the the bigger community i think some of the best evangelizing that can be done is in the coffee houses and you know in the in the local cafes and to be able to go and engage the people there um as an example there is a woman at one of the restaurants in one of my towns that has now started to go to mass and there's this desire to grow in holiness and there's this this interest that has been peaked um i think you know primarily because we're in the community and because we are engaged in the community and in St. Charles, as an example, we wanted to do things to be uh, building up family in our community. And so this started actually as a civic organization. But what's interesting is of the five of us that are on the, the committee, and that would include myself, uh, four of us are Catholic, you know, and so whether or not we always see that we are actually living out our baptism in these ways of reaching into the life of the people. So... Janelle, I'm kind of uh, all over the place right now. Um, I need to land the plane. Can you give me a specific way that you want me to address this question, Janelle? Oh, you know, I guess um, maybe kind of how you mentioned how we can get outside of our own faith communities and get involved in like community events, for example, or how we can even bring, and I, I think you're answering it well in that if we are a witness in our own cities and in our mm-hmm. township or wherever we are, how can we, like, what's, what, maybe some practicals if somebody isn't, maybe they're thinking about joining a board or maybe just offering some encouragement about, um, maybe it's not that they're joining because they're Catholic, but it's because, well, I happen to be Catholic and I want to build community amongst others who maybe don't even share the same belief as me. Um, oh, that's that's a very I good wanna, point. I want to meet them where they're at. You know, I want to join maybe um, an arts and crafts council or a you know just something in the community where you know in a way you're you're bringing yourself and your witness. But sometimes we tend to get so busy with our own parishes, right, and our own Catholic schools mm-hmm. or 
or whatever that is that we have a hard time seeing beyond our own walls, you know, and I think, like, I mean, you spoke nicely, too, about the Holy Father's call to do that, so... I really love this question because, again, this goes along with the topic that we started with with Dr. Susan, and that is we have an opportunity to be a missionary disciple in our community. So, you know, when we are involved in one of these committees or we're on the art board or we're uh, on city council, and and even though maybe at these opportunities we don't pray, we ourselves can, you know, send the Holy Spirit ahead of us, and we can witness to our faith by living it actively out in these committees. And what happens is people are like, wow. You're always joyful. You're super busy, uh, Janelle. You're, you know, I'll use you as the example. You're super busy. And I don't, you know, know whether or not you're super busy, but, and here you are and you have so much joy. Where do you get that? That's when you can say, well, you know, it's my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I go to mass. Um, I, I pray on a regular basis. Um, it's important to me and I, I like to live that out. Well, do you mind if I join you sometime or, or how can I know more about this? So again, in these subtle ways, by being actively engaged in other non-religious communities, we find ourselves being able to be that missionary disciple without even intending on that in the first place. Yes. And when we meet people where they're at, look at what we are doing. We are doing exactly what Jesus did. We're living that out where Jesus entered into the lives of people where they were at. Of course, the Pharisees and scribes were like, look at that. He's with, he's with sinners. He's with tax collectors. But look what happened. There was a conversion that happened. Their hearts were turned. And there was this great desire to go into a relationship with him. And ultimately, we know he was a success because here we are 2,000 years later, Michael. So it's a great gift to see But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step out of that, you know, to, to, to be there and live your faith that you that you enjoy and that you are really tied tied into you know that's that's where i think i get myself janelle i i also get scared because i'm like okay i i'm i'm afraid to like speak up about it you know i should take a stance on that but i should just be uh, comfortable in living out the spirit and letting that happen so janelle thank you so much for your question i hope we answered that for you we do have another question from uh damien uh from holly and Damien, are you on the phone? Yes. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. Your question? Do you want to say your question for Father? Sure. Why do you need to be eight or, or eight or nine to receive communion? Oh, that's a very good question. How old are you, by the way? I'm nine. Wow. And have you received your first communion yet? Yes, I have. And leading up to your first communion, what was what was the what were you looking forward to the most? Receiving communion, probably. Absolutely. So there's this great desire that we have to receive Jesus. And when we're catechized properly as young children uh, to receive the Lord for the very first time, we want to still somewhat be at that age of understanding. And so even though there's some children that may have that reasoning earlier because of how they're they're received into their family and how their family lives out uh, the domestic church, how they bring back what they have uh, listened to and, and, and received from as at their Sunday mass and they bring that back around the kitchen table and they bring that back around in their living rooms and and they actively live that out there's this great hunger that that happens in younger children that I want to receive Jesus um, and yet, as the Universal Church um, reminds us, is in that patient longing, in that in that that patient endurance, 
uh, we grow in in holiness. And here's the key I want to I want to share with you. As you were excited to receive Jesus for the very first time, and now as a nine year old, and you have received the Lord, it's to always have that zeal, always have that joy, always have the excitement. Every single time you are finding yourself uh, coming up to receive the sacrament. And that's why you young people really speak volumes for the rest of the church. And you are so gifted at teaching. Michael, I, how many times have you been to a first communion mass and, and, and seen the reverence and the excitement and the joy and maybe a little bit of the oh, fear It's beautiful. There? And I've taught, I've taught children. Uh, my kids going up and then other children I've taught them and uh, Damien and it is just so beautiful to watch your uh, what what the Eucharist is all about you're learning about that Jesus is truly present there and you know Damien as we grow older sometimes we forget that and right now uh, the society our whole is having a lot of trouble with understanding that Jesus Christ is truly present right there when we receive in the Catholic Church. There's people that are older than you, Damien, that have lost the faith in that, that, that they don't understand that Jesus Christ is truly present there, body, soul, and divinity in his bread that is now his body. It still looks like bread, but it's transformed into his body. And the blood that was sacrificed on the cross, Damien, that's the beautiful part that you're receiving that in, into yourself do you under do you understand that you were taught about that weren't you yeah. yeah yeah so that's the beauty that you get to receive that now now you get to pass that on to other people you do you have siblings yes yeah. yeah so now you get to help them and 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 grow in their faith and show them how you have reverence for the Lord now in the Eucharist. You become a beautiful image and, and a gift of, of the reception of the Lord, and you become that, that resource and that, that person that can help uh, those around you, uh, your friends, and whatnot. And, you know, and I'm going to give you one little extra little piece here and, and pray through the intercession of St. Pius X, because the interesting part is here, if, if uh, you wouldn't have, uh, you know, it would have been interesting to see even if this phone call would have happened, because he was the uh, Holy Father at the time who instituted the Eucharist at a younger age, and he also called for more reception, frequent re reception of the Eucharist. So, of course, an increase than in the sacrament of confession. So, you know, so uh, pray through his intercession uh, that hearts will continue to long for the for the gift of the Eucharist and that we never take it for granted. I wish and pray that every single person has that heart that that you have, Damien, that that has that joy uh, to receive the Lord. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for your phone call. Damien, any other question that you had for us besides that? Um, No. Thanks. All right. Well, well thank, thank you so much. God bless you on your day, Damien. Thank you. Thank you. So, you're welcome. <laughs> so, and again, we never had a chance to thank Janelle, who was on the phone with us. So, Janelle, we thank you, and also Damien. So, again, our number is 877-795-0122, Or you can go on Facebook and send us a, a, a shout-out there if you'd like to, and we would... Uh, be glad to hear from you there if you don't uh, want to be on the phone. You can certainly call in 877-795-0122 and you can just leave your question too if you do not want to be on the phone. So we have a question coming up here on Facebook. Uh, 
Father, do you want to read it? Or? We have a seminarian serving at our parish this year, and he looks like a priest. He wears a collar, but I know he is not a priest yet. Why does he get to wear the collar? Well, that's a very good question. So um, a seminarian would be able to wear the collar um, after he receives the rite of candidacy. And candidacy happens usually prior to theology school. Sometimes it might happen maybe a year in if that person is not ready. So they are, again, acknowledging that this is where they're pretty confident that God is calling them to sacred, um, to the holy orders of uh, priesthood. And so therefore, uh, they receive this opportunity. Now, granted, some dioceses may not have this practice and others do. Um, you know, usually the seminarian, to avoid any misunderstanding, will always identify themselves as, well, I'm so-and-so or I'm so-and-so. I'm, I'm not a priest. I'm a seminarian. I'm at this school of theology studying for this diocese. So um, I think, though, what it helps in doing is rather than causing confusion, it helps, I think, witness uh, to the reality that that we need to keep encouraging young people to discern this vocation. And I, I find it very uh, exciting when I see uh, these young seminarians that are, um, again, wearing the Roman collar that have received candidacy and to be able to be a witness because sometimes we get stuck thinking that priests are older and priests have, uh, you know, whatever it may be, you know, we can all make excuses, but I think it's a beautiful witness. So going back to um, Becky on Facebook, the seminarian serving the pair and so just know that that is why uh, he would be wearing his clerics. He's received candidacy and therefore is uh, is that witness. So, and, they're, and they're called to, to kind of point that out, to not have confusion, correct? That is correct. And so, so deacons also wear the collar, correct? Well, it depends on the diocese again. Okay. So some dioceses do and some dioceses don't. Okay. So I know that would be up to the local ordinary. The bishop would make that decision. Okay. So I, I've seen some deacons wear gray. I've seen some... Uh, wear black again that confusion mm -hmm. can happen so they might be addressed as father um, but again they would be uh, responsible for uh, not causing confusion and acknowledging uh, what their role is in the life of the church right yes yep and it, and it's great to see I think it's great to see that's why the bishop in our diocese I know sends the the seminarians out into the diocese so that people are seeing them and they're getting familiarized with them and they're seeing them work in the parishes and uh, there's different there's different stages to that correct that's absolutely correct absolutely so the different d different stages now typically um, we want to remind any person that is listening and discerning a possible vocation to priesthood a consecrated life that this discernment process is assisted in the seminary, so make sure you remember that you are not going to the seminary to become a priest, but you are going to discern mm. the possibility that God is calling you to the priesthood. And then you will, through study, through prayer, through discernment, through spiritual direction and other avenues, begin to, again, go deeper within the recesses of your hearts to see, is this where God is calling. And I, I think that's very important because I do not want young people especially to misunderstand by going to the seminary. That doesn't mean you will follow through with this this opportunity because again this is where God is at work and we need to make sure that our Heavenly Father is the one that's that's guiding your heart it's, so it's part it's part one learning right and the other part is spiritual wise going into going into the seminary that you're really getting in tune with God and you're really uh, through others but also with yourself through prayer are finding yourself seeking what God's will is. I mean, that's where we go into, you know, our private prayer that we need to, you know, really find that in ourselves. That's where God speaks to us, right? That is correct. So, yep. 
Um, oh, uh, got another caller. Uh, did did not want to stay on the line here this morning. So in Matt's this morning, gospel is Matthew, and is where they are asked Jesus, what is the great commandment in Matthew twenty two thirty four through forty. But if you go to Deuteronomy, why does Jesus change the translation? Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill. And so Jesus is finding himself uh, in these teaching moments that is timeless. So the gospel today, when he, when he shared that important teaching, he is sharing that with the concept of understanding that, look who his audience is at this time. Look who those he is ministering to. They've been following the law. They've been following mm-hmm. the Old Testament, the Torah, the Pentateuch. And as a result, Jesus is coming to fulfill what um, has been laid out and what has been written down. So in no way is this contrary to what Scripture um, has for us. I mm-hmm. think I think many times, too, we misunderstand, and, and people sometimes mistakenly say, well, there's two different gods. There's the God of the Old Testament, no. and there's the God of the New <laughs> Testament. It's one that. and the same. Right. What's happening is there's this, uh, you know, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve was sin at the very beginning, God is trying to, to get the attention of us and, and receiving us back and, and, and to his, um, into his arms. And so through the gift of Jesus, his only Son, who is our Lord, who is our Savior, who is our Messiah, uh, you know, He is the one then that is uh, coming to interpret and to help us understand where we have come from and where we are going. And so that is why it's such a, a timeless gift. So when the Gospel of Matthew today says that about the greatest commandment and how we are to follow that, He is fulfilling what we have received in the past. Yeah, I don't think He's saying anything different than what's already written in the law. Is he? He's just he's just expanding on it, really. He's definitely expanding on it because of the hardened hearts, especially of Pharisees, scribes, those that were having difficulty with this. And remember, there's many things that Jesus was teaching us that people had difficulty with. And one of them, of course, is the Eucharist. Oh, you know, yeah. When he was, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall Off not. Off they went. Yes. <laughs> and what was interesting, what happens now, you find yourself picturing that moment in sacred scripture where that is being recalled. And, you know, and and some of these disciples, those that had become, that had started to follow him, they're like, well, this is hard. Yeah. You know, this is difficult. I'm and not so eating they, that. they yeah. start walking away. Right. But what does Jesus do? He doesn't run after them and say, oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm going to change my mind to make it more comfortable for you or, or more yeah. easy for you. He stays the course. Yep. Michael, and isn't that a... It, I, it is. It's just amazing to me that, you know, that we still see that even in Catholics, what we were just talking about before with Damien, you know, that we're not really truly understanding this truth that is in the Catholic faith about the Eucharist, that he is truly, truly, truly present right there and then, you know, that people are still seeing this as a symbol in our day and age. But, yep. So, uh, caller said there is a different t- line in Jesus uses with all the mind, uh rather than all your strength. Um, I'm not sure what that one's referring what, to. What, what the caller, I think, since we don't, we ourselves are not listening to this caller, there's a different line using uh, with all your mind rather than all your strength, is referencing that, of course, of Deuteronomy, where the word has been changed, and, uh, you know, that uh, that strength um, that we have within the mind. So uh, the difficulty that I have in answering that is I don't have that um, scripture passage in front of me and mm-hmm. as I'm uh, paging through here. But um, nevertheless, um, I just want to just reiterate that um, that it's important that as we reflect on these words that uh, by perfectly uh, looking at Deuteronomy, we are in no way, again, uh, going against what Jesus is reminding us and teaching us uh, within um, the gospel today of yeah. Matthew. I, I encourage you to go and talk to your, uh, your priest at your 
church a little bit more about this, you know, and bring that up with with the the caller if they're still listening. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for that. Yes, that's absolutely beautiful. So thank you to all of us that have called in this morning with their questions. Uh, We hope that uh, Father has answered them the best that he can this morning. Again, we encourage you to just go talk to uh, your your local priest if you have some more discerning questions on that, because it is such an important point to bring these things up and understand them. So reminder that um, we're going to be here every every day at 9.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday with our Straight Talk. Up next, how can we make sure the end-of-life issues are taken care of in a Catholic way? We will hear more about this from John Tesloff, and later in the show we'll walk, I'll take that 10-minute tour with all of our local events. And we are broadcasting live from the Chancery here in Winona, Rochester Diocese. Father Tim with us. I'm Michael Goldsmith. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Real Presence Live. <music> 